NHL players say no to kneeling. The cat got phony Fauci's tongue in a congressional hearing. Full speed ahead on the politicization of hydroxychloroquine. And I get tested for the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus and antibodies. The results are in. Bold Alpha is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Nicaragua series, 100% pure Nicaraguan tobaccos, 100% full-bodied flavor. GurkhaCigars.com By New World from A.J. Fernandez, draped in a bold, dark Nicaraguan wrapper and jam-packed with ultra-flavorful Nicaraguan fillers, the box press New World Oscuro delivers medium to full-bodied elegant taste. AJFCigars.com And by Davidoff of Geneva, reintroducing the Avo Classic Maduro. Smooth, creamy, rich Avo Cigars. Change the tempo. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com Welcome to Bold Alpha, front and center from Command Center Alpha. It's the General Alpha Dave, your Alpha Male-in-Chief, where today on Bold Alpha, as always, we talk Alpha Male lifestyle conversational maneuvers and commentary. First up, before I get underway, I have a bottle of Graham's 20-year-old Tawny Port in my hot little hands. I've got my Magnificent snifter here, and before we get underway with commentary maneuvers, let me pour a little bit of this this beautiful Tawny Port. And if you are not familiar with Tawny Port, let me give you a quick rundown on the difference between Tawny Port and Ruby Port. Two kinds of port. They both come from Portugal, thus the name Port, from Portugal's Daura Valley. Two kinds of port, Tawny and Ruby. Tawny is aged in wooden casks, released ready to drink, ready to consume. Ruby port ages more in the bottle than in wood. Generally, it requires more years of aging. And tawnies are normally released in 10, 20, 30, and 40-year-old versions. That is the time spent in the wooden barrel. My preference, I've tasted them all, 10-year, 20-year, 30-year, 40-year. To me, the sweet spot is right at around 20. But there's some great 10s as well. But I love this Graham's 20-year-old Tawny Port. It's got a beautiful amber golden color. Nice bouquet on the uh, nose. Let me take a little bit of a sip here and say cheers. Mm. Oh, very, very smooth. Now, this has got nice notes of, I would say, vanilla. A little bit of sweetness, a little fruitiness, almost a little of citrus. Not overly viscous, but very, very pleasant. Can't go wrong. It's going to be sweet because, again, when you think of a port, this is uh, a fortified spirit. But very pleasant. Take another sip. Mm. You're looking at about 70 bucks a bottle for the Grams 20, but absolutely spectacular. All right. Now I am ready for conversational and commentary maneuvers. First up, let us talk about the NHL players Thursday evening saying no to kneeling. We've seen in the NBA players kneel. We saw the entire teams in the WNBA. Now, 
I didn't even know the WNBA was still around. Nobody's watching. Nobody cares. Their attendance last year was in the dumps. Nobody cares. I think they get six people watching. But they, the, both teams in the WNBA last week, they just totally walked out during the national anthem. Classless, rude, despicable. But the NHL players are class, 100% class as opposed to the NBA that knelt and, and kneeled down and disrespected the flag. Look, I don't have a problem. If you, if you feel strongly about something that there's police brutality, and I've said all along there are certain police officers that need to go. They're bad cops. They're good cops. They're bad cops. They're bad apples in any single profession. And it is incumbent upon the police chiefs, the sheriffs, the, those in charge of police departments to weed out the bad cops. And it's incumbent upon unions. When you see bad cops, get rid of them. Don't protect them. I have no problem with that. But don't you think the NBA players or the WNBA players, or anybody that wants to kneel and disrespect the flag, don't you think their efforts would be better off if they would go in and maybe contact the police department and say, listen, we would like to engage with the police department. We'd like to air out our grievances. We would like to tell you what affects our community. We would like to work with the police. How about that? LeBron James... Pick a name, LeBron James, or uh, you name it, any of the, and I'm not an NBA fan. I don't watch the NBA, haven't for years. I like college basketball. NBA, I could give a shit, could care less. When the uh, Buffalo Braves left my hometown of Buffalo in the, I think it was 1977, 78, that was it for me. But watching these, first of all, the games are boring as hell. I have zero interest in watching these clowns disrespect the flag. No interest, could care less. But any of these big stars could easily pick up the phone with their marquee names, with their celebrity, and say to a cop, say to a mayor, we want to get involved. Have they done that? The answer is absolutely not. So what did the NHL players do? How were they different? Instead of taking a knee on Thursday evening, the New York Rangers and New York Islanders, normally each team stands on their respective blue line. And they as they face the flags for the national anthem. Both teams did something differently. They interspersed with each other. So you had one New York Islander, then one Ranger, one Islander, one Ranger. So you had all the different players from both teams on each blue line. They, they co-mingled. They didn't take a knee. Now, many of them put their arms around each other, arm in arm. That's fine. They wanted to show solidarity. Great. Not disrespectful. I thought it was outstanding. Who's got a problem with it? Ah, many of the wussified millennials, many of the wussified Gen Z, the betas. And I went on Twitter and I saw people posting pictures of them taking a knee, saying kneel for hockey, hashtag kneel for hockey, hashtag Black Lives Matter. If the players won't kneel, I will, said one person. Another guy sitting outside, if the league won't do it, I will. Another person says, today as we hockey fans need to kneel for hockey. If we really want hockey for everyone to be true, I love the sport, but work needs to be done to make the game open, accepting, available to everyone. Pardon me. There's no limitations on who can play. You can be white, black, Asian, you name it. 
there's never been anybody that says in the NHL, well, geez, you're a great player. You can score a lot of goals, but sorry, we do not want you because of your skin color, your ethnicity. If you can score goals or you can block pucks as a goalie and you're good at it, it's a meritocracy. You will get signed. End of discussion. And then I hear, here's another person. This proud Edmonton Oiler fan kneels in solidarity with his black brothers and sisters. Somebody else says, we need to make more change in our sport. Why? Because these hockey players refuse to kneel for the flag, whether it's the Canadian flag or the American flag. They didn't want to kneel. They didn't want to kowtow, didn't want to bend down. I'm sorry. But to those of you Not you, because I know all those that are listening, those of you that are alphas, we may have a couple of betas that slip in here and there. You believe that this country is great. We believe in the greatness of America. Is America perfect? Hell no. Are we perfect? Hell no. As long as you have humans that are imperfect beings, any country will be imperfect. We are less imperfect than any other country. And if we are such a racist Such a discriminatory country. Answer me this. Why is it that there are millions of people that would line up and kill themselves and risk their lives to get into this country for freedom? Why don't you ask people in China and Hong Kong what they think of the United States? Wasn't it ironic when Hong Kong was doing protesting a number of months ago against the Chinese Communist Party Nazi regime? They were proudly displaying the American flag and singing the Star-Spangled Banner. And yet we have people in this country who disrespect the flag, disrespect this country. Tell you what, why don't you try protesting in China, Venezuela, or Cuba? Let's see how that works out for you. We all know the answer to that. So bravo to those hockey players that actually stood for and did the right thing, and and respected their respective flags. And to those people who said, I'm going to take a knee because these players didn't, screw yourselves. Go get a life. And as I look at the pictures of most of these clowns, they're losers. They live in their mommy's basement. Many of them haven't had a real job in years. They are pathetic. So I say bravo to the NHL hockey players, to the Rangers, to the Islanders, and to the respective coaches. Job well done. That is how you do it. And I'll tell you what else. Another way that you do it. Making a great cigar, that would be the Gurkha Nicaragua series. If you love full-bodied flavor, you want that traditional Nicaraguan puro flavor, Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, filler. You like a hearty steak. You like sizzling, spicy meals. You want a bold Cabernet. You like a very, very peaty Scotch whiskey. You will love the Gurkha Nicaragua series. All Nicaraguan, top to bottom, top to bottom, Corojo 99 wrapper, dual Corojo 99 binders, Corojo 99, Criollo 98 long fillers. You're going to get tons of peppery notes, spice. You're going to get a nice nutty type of finish, just a rich cigar that you will absolutely enjoy. So if you want full-bodied flavor, the Gurkha Nicaragua series, GurkhaCigars.com. Next up, the cat got phony Fauci's tongue in a congressional hearing. Phony Fauci appeared yesterday in front of a House committee and 
Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, who I very much like, very alpha, big nads of steel, cuts to the chase, no dancing around, doesn't tiptoe through the tulips. He had Dr. Anthony Phony Fauci, the greatest physician in the history of the world, at least according to Phony Fauci. Just ask him, he'll tell you. So Phony Fauci, who can't throw a ball straight ahead, over the home over home plate if his life depended on it. Talk about a girly throw a week ago. Pathetic. But phony Fauci is in front of the committee. And Jim Jordan asks him, talks about the fact that Fauci has been saying we should not be getting together in big crowds. We should not have large crowds get together for synagogue, for church, for uh, any social parties, funerals, Goes on and on, because Fody Fauci is the sole authority. Who made him the sole authority is beyond me. Why President Trump doesn't actually throw on some physicians and clinicians that actually see patients really surprises me. Instead, we have Fony Fauci and we have the scarf, Dr. Martha Burke, Burks. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure they're great government bureaucrats. However, they're not clinicians. And yet, Dr. Fauci, when asked by Jim Jordan at the subcommittee hearing Friday whether the government should crack down on protests to curb the spread of the CCP Wuhan virus, Fauci danced and tiptoed, and the cat got his tongue. He said, I almost didn't want to answer it. He said, I'm not in a position to determine what the government can do in a forceful way. You should stay away from crowds no matter where the crowds are. And Jordan repeatedly asked Fauci, asking should the government limit protests, saying, look, you've said to limit people going to sporting events, limiting people going to to religious services. You've basically been telling everybody to social distance, yet when it comes to these government protests or, or protesting the government or these Marxists or these Antifa getting violent and rioting, phony Fauci has nothing to say. And Fauci went on to say, I don't understand what you're asking me as a public health official to opine on who should get arrested or not. That's not my position. You could ask me as much as you want, and I'm not going to answer it. Well, I find it amazing. Phony Fauci saying that I'm a public health official. He's hiding behind that. And that uh, it's not my opinion on who should get arrested or not or who should do what. Really, Phony Fauci has no problem spewing all his supposed brilliance, telling people how they should act and whether you should initially not wear a mask, then you should. Now he's saying we should wear goggles and, and glasses. The guy doesn't know when to stop. Look, common sense dictates. I, when I go into a store, when I go into where there's other people, I wear a mask. I'm protecting myself, protecting others. I social distance. If people start to get close to me when I'm in my office or where I'm out and about and people are talking even outside and they start getting within six, eight feet, I'm like, stand back. Don't come any closer. These are common sense things that we can all do. I've eaten out very, very few times in probably since March. So that's April, May, June, July. We're going on now, what, four and a half months, five months, something along those lines. I think I've eaten out three times total and two out of the three were when I was in Miami on a business trip three weeks ago. I am purposely not eating out, going out with other people. When I see people, a, a, 
I saw a party of 18 as I was picking up some takeout food. A party of 18 came in to get seated. And the restaurant said, I'm sorry, we're not seating 18 people. Because clearly they were not related. And I think they were celebrating somebody's retirement party. And my, my first thought was, how stupid are these people? you got to get 18 people sitting next to each other. They have no idea if they were exposed or somebody they talked to was exposed or somebody next to them was exposed. Unnecessary risks. So do we want to stop the spread of the Chinese Wuhan virus? Absolutely. Should we take precautions? Absolutely. Now, if churches and synagogues or their funerals, they want those to take place, put a mask on. Socially distance. Isn't it amazing that when Representative John Lewis's memorial service was at the Ebenezer Baptist Church on Thursday in Atlanta, isn't it amazing that there are all these people, including several past presidents, Clinton, Bush, Obama, they had no problem sitting in the church. They were all socially distanced. They were wearing their masks, except when they were speaking. Nobody said boo. Except Fauci, when people now want to go worship, unless it's a VIP or a congressman or some other big shot dignitary, then forget it. You're screwed. You're toast. That's exactly Fauci's attitude. I've had it with him. I've had it with his bullshit. I've had it with his flip-flopping. He urged President Trump not to close the border, not, not to close flights with China, cease flights. And President Trump said, I'm overruling you. Great decision. If we would have listened to Fauci, we really would have been screwed, which gives me now an opportunity to take a nice sip of this magnificent Graham's 20-year-old Tawny Port, since I obviously just got worked up, and I'm just getting started. Mm. This is fantastic. Sweetness, just the way it goes down the palate. If you've never tried Port, pick up a bottle. Even if you get a bottle of Fonseca bin number 27, going to run you about 18 bucks, 20 bucks. It's fantastic. Mm. All right, let's continue on with phony Fauci. As you know, I believe that the three-drug cocktail of hydroxychloroquine, zinc sulfate, and azithromycin should be used early on at the first sign of CCP Wuhan virus symptoms. It has been prescribed and used by many physicians and clinicians across the country to success. Yet Dr. Phony Fauci has a big bug up his ass about hydroxychloroquine, saying it's only anecdotal evidence. And as I have told you, always follow the money. The money of Remvesidir. 72 million of your tax dollars that Fauci wrote from the NIH to Gilead Sciences to develop Remvesidir. 3,200 bucks a dose. Now, did they do mass Studies, double-blind studies to see if it's effective? Nope, they got an emergency use for it. And now what they're saying is, well, we're finding that in many cases, it cuts down the hospital, say, for those people that are treated effectively two, three days. Yet, now they're finding there are some side effects. But phony Fauci has nothing to say about that. But hydroxychloroquine, I assure you, if President Obama was president and in charge and said, we should take a look at this. In fact, Dr. Phony Fauci, I happen to be reading in the NIH's virology journal that 15 years ago, August of 2005, in virology journal, 
The headline of a 15-page article stated, Chloroquine, an effective tool, effective drug against the SARS virus, both prophylactically and after people had contracted the virus. And when you look at the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, it shares 80-85% of the same RNA. Very similar, almost identical. Yet, Dr. Fauci, in his own virology journal, sitting right there, not one Libstream media reporter has ever queried him about it. They've never asked him about it, which is beyond comprehension that these Libstream media can't even do some due diligence. And Dr. Fauci, from the get-go, hydroxychloroquine bad. Why? Because President Trump suggested it. Had President Obama suggested it and said, look, Dr. Fauci, Virology Journal, your own journal that you publish at the NIH, shows that it's been effective. You know what Fauci would have done? There is no question, President Obama, this is an, an excellent way that we can treat this. We can have great success if we treat this early on. Right at the outset of symptoms, President Obama, you are magnificent. You're a genius. You're not a medical doctor, but you should be given an honorary MD degree because you are so prescient and you bring up things that only your incredible mind could come up with. Guarantee that's exactly what Fauci would say and what the liberal media would say. But when it comes to President Trump and other Republican governors and physicians who are treating people on the front lines, they have a big problem. And Fauci has a problem. A study by the Henry Ford Health System of 2,500 patients. Actually, I'll be specific. 2,541 patients between March 10th and May 2nd found that 13% of those treated with hydroxychloroquine died, while 26% of those who did not receive the drug died. So basically what it said was it cuts the mortality rate in half. Now, as I have said all along, and many physicians have said all along, the key with hydroxychloroquine and zinc and azithromycin is to prescribe it at the early onset of symptoms before somebody needs to go to a hospital, to keep a patient out of the hospital, out of the ICU, off a respirator. That is the key. Now, Henry Ford Health System did the study, but guess who's got a problem with it? I'll give you one guess. The most brilliant virologist in the history of the world, Dr. Anthony Foti Fauci. He told the Congressional Committee yesterday that the study by the Henry Ford Health System that showed hydroxychloroquine was effective in lowering the death rate was, and I quote, flawed. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that a 2,500-person study which showed it to be effective He's got a problem with. Yet, when they looked at some of these vaccines, they gave it to 35 people, and he was jumping for joy like uh, it was we've, we've solved everything. And he's the one saying, oh, it's only anecdotal. We need double-blind, triple-blind, quadruple-blind tests. He said that official, that health officials should only rely on the gold standard of a randomized placebo-controlled study to determine whether the drug is effective. He told that yesterday to the House select subcommittee on the coronavirus crisis. Now, we are in a pandemic. We are at war with the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. Do you think that we have years to complete 
a randomized placebo-controlled study to determine whether or not the drug or the cocktail of drugs is effective? How about using our own damn eyes, Fauci? How about seeing real-world results? We do not have time for a theoretical, randomized, placebo-controlled study. We're at war. Physicians every day are using this drug cocktail, this three-drug cocktail, to treat patients. And in fact, with the six to 10-day turnaround time for testing now, most physicians, most physicians that treat with that three-drug cocktail of hydroxychloroquine, HCQ, azithromycin, and zinc are not waiting for the test results to come back. Here's their methodology. Somebody's over 60 with symptoms, they start them on that cocktail. If they are below 60 with comorbidities, they start them out on that cocktail. If they look toxic, they look sick, they sound sick, they start them on that cocktail. And the reason they do is because what the researchers and doctors have found, that with the Chinese Wuhan virus, by the fifth to sixth day, that is when the viral load explodes in the body. And that's where that cytokine storm, where your antibody, basically your white blood cells are just trying to fight it, and then you have massive inflammation. So you want to make sure you start nipping the virus in the bud before the fifth or sixth day. And in many cases, people get symptoms first day, second day, third day, they're not feeling great. They call the doctor. Okay, come in tomorrow. Yeah, we'll give you a test. We'll see. We won't prescribe anything. Well, six to 10 days goes by. The next thing you know, the person doesn't have to wait for the test. They're obviously positive. And the next thing you know, they're in the hospital, maybe in the ICU. So clinicians, physicians that actually see patients are using this satisfactorily. It has been working. The only one that seems to have a problem, or the only people, is Dr. Phony Fauci and the libstream media and, of course, the Dem liberal politicians because they cannot give President Trump a victory. They would rather have millions and thousands of Americans die than allowing them to take a drug cocktail that has shown to be effective to work, to save people's lives. They would rather kill Americans than give the American people a victory and give, more importantly, President Trump a victory to say, hey, I said, let's try it, and it happens to work. Great. He didn't just pull that out of the bag one day. There were... uh, uh, research conducted in France. There was other evidence showing that it has been working. And basically the way it works is hydroxychloroquine is the gun. It opens up the cell, the viral cell. The zinc goes in and kills it. And then you have the azithromycin to prevent any secondary bacterial infection in the lungs. Not that complicated. As I mentioned last week on Bold Alpha, a friend of mine, 83, contracted the Chinese Wuhan virus, tested positive, and... His doctor prescribed, put, a, put him on some steroid, and I, he talked to me, and I said, listen, I'm going to send you all the information. You make up your own decision. You talk to your doctor. After reading everything, he told me, he called his doctor and said, I want to be on the triple drug cocktail of hydroxychloroquine, zinc sulfate, and azithromycin. Doctor said, that's not how I treat it, but I'll be happy to prescribe it for you if that's what you want. By the second day, my 83-year-old friend, perfectly healthy. Back to playing tennis, back to leading his vigorous, active life. I don't know what the results would have been had he not taken that. Could he have overcome it? Very well, possibly. Could he have possibly ended up in the hospital? 
or something worse? Very possibly, we don't know. But why take the chance? Yet this treatment worked. But Fauci would call that anecdotal. That's bullshit. That's real-world test, real-world results. He went on to say the Henry Ford Hospital study that was published was a non-controlled retrospective cohort study that was confounded by a number of issues, including the fact that many people who were receiving hydroxychloroquine were also using corticosteroids, which we know from another study gives a clear benefit in reducing deaths with advanced disease. Blah, blah, blah. Went on and on and on. He sounds like a typical government bureaucrat that has been at his government office for the last 40, 50 years. Fauci is 80. I think he's had this job for 40 years, if I'm not mistaken, maybe longer. When was the last time phony Fauci saw a patient, put on his lab coat, and actually talked to a real live patient instead of a bureaucrat, instead of a politician? When was the last time he went into a hospital setting? When was the last time he was in an office setting or a clinic setting seeing patients? I would guarantee you the answer to that would probably sometime in the 1970s or 80s. Why don't Fauci, why don't you let the clinicians and the physicians, the people that have been using this successfully, why don't you let them handle it? You stick to being a government bureaucrat. You stick to being a uh, a, a, a Kiss ass to all the Democrats and the libs and and where they bow down to you, not socially distancing when you went to the baseball game last week, not wearing your mask, but yet everybody else should show social distance and wear the mask. So we're tired of your hypocrisy. We're tired of your phony bullshit. We're tired of you, phony Fauci. End of discussion. Now, one other thing. Earlier this week, I think it was Wednesday morning, the Ohio Pharmaceutical Board comes out with an edict that... Physicians and pharmacists in the state of Ohio may not prescribe hydroxychloroquine for the CCP Wuhan virus. Now, here we have government bureaucrat intervention trying to practice medicine, getting in the way of a physician and their patient, trying to get in the way from physicians healing patients. So... Tremendous backlash. And they told any pharmacist, if you dispense it, we could come after your license. Major backlash by physicians, by patients, and by Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. Well, wouldn't you know, by the afternoon, the Ohio Pharmaceutical Board reversed course and said doctors may still prescribe. And then they came out with all sorts of bullshit saying, well, we're going to examine it, we're going to look at it, blah, blah, blah. Why do we need government bureaucrats, pencil-neck geeks with clipboards practicing medicine? We don't. My dad was a surgeon for many years, 40-plus years. And I remember he would always tell me that medicine is part art and part science. Yes, we treat with science, but there's also an art to it. And what physicians are finding is, especially when you're in a war against a virus that nobody knew how to treat, And now we're learning more and more about it as every day goes by. And we're learning now that here's an effective method if you get it early. So the moral of the story, get it early. And here's something else you should absolutely get early and get often. And that is a New World Oscuro by A.J. Fernandez. If you like a full, medium to full-bodied, rich taste, lovely notes, 
of spice with some compelling sweetness and notes of espresso, the box press New World Oscuro by A.J. Fernandez is the ticket. It uses uh, a really rich, dark, oily Nicaraguan wrapper that A.J. grows on one of his many farms in Nicaragua. It is jam-packed with powerful Lajero, which are the strongest, most full-flavored parts of the Sagar Tobacco plant from Esteli and the Condega regions of Nicaragua. A unique Ometepe tobacco is used, very, very rich, unique taste. Just a great cigar, box press, which is what I absolutely love. And in fact, for those of you that are members of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, the August selection will be the A.J. Fernandez New World Cameroon. It also comes in a Cameroon version, a little bit different flavor, as well as Connecticut, which is a much milder taste. But the New World Oscuro, if you want a nice, rich, jam-packed, ultra-flavorful Nicaraguan Puro, that is the cigar, AJFCigars.com. All right. I get tested for the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus and the antibodies. The results are in. Before I tell you about the results, let me tell you about the testing process. I wanted to do two things. Number one, I have had a lingering curiosity as whether or not I had a terrible, for those of you that are longtime listeners of the Cigar Dave show, Back in February, you know that I had a terrible upper respiratory infection. Started out with a slight sore throat. Then it became a terrible sore throat. Dry, couldn't swallow. Then it went into my upper respiratory tract, stuffed nose, congestion, headache. Then it went down the respiratory tract to the lungs. Horrible lingering cough, dry hacking cough. Just achy, fatigued, headache, tired. And that's very unusual. I take the flu shot every year. And if I do get an upper respiratory infection, it's very rare because I wash my hands like a hawk. I am always using hand sanitizer. I tend to stay away from, you know, people. If somebody's sick or even sneezes, I'm like, I'm not going to shake your hand. In fact, when I have had symptoms where I thought that maybe I had an upper respiratory infection or a cold or I'm getting over one, I purposely tell people, stand back and I'm not going to shake your hand because I don't want to give it to you. That's the polite thing. The number of people that I see that are like dying of flu symptoms during the flu season and want to shake your hand or give you a hug, I'm like, whoa, Nelly, stop right there. Not happening. And I think we've learned something during this CCP Wuhan virus pandemic. If you're stick, stay the hell home. These people that say, oh, I've never missed a day of work in 39 years, like it's some sort of, you know, great accomplishment. Well, don't give other people what you have. Don't give them a flu, the flu, don't give them a cold, whatever. Don't give it to them. So I had this lingering curiosity. It took me about three weeks, uh, two weeks to get over it. And after about 10 days, I started to go back into the office and into my uh, command center alpha studios. And But I could last maybe three hours. Then I'd have to go home and take a snooze. Just would be wiped out. And it was about two and a half weeks till I could get back to a full day back to my normal 100% alpha male self. But I still had a lingering light cough with a little bit, when I would breathe, I could hear a little junk in the, in the lungs. So sure enough, I went to uh, one of my very good friends who's a physician. He listened, he said, you're right, Loeb. Got a little bit of, uh, little bit of junk in there. I'm going to give you a Z-pack and sleep on your left side. That should clear it. Sure enough, two days later, started to feel much better and I got rid of it. So I had this lingering 
lingering curiosity. Did I have the CCP Wuhan virus? Maybe I had it early on before we, we knew what it was. And then I just wanted to make sure that uh, I figured I would just take the test. Why not? Just take the test for the hell of it, the regular CCP Wuhan virus test. Well, I was able to find a rapid testing center. And it's very interesting how it works. They use the Abbott Labs tests. And when I went to the testing center, they had several parking spots that basically had orange cones with big signs saying, uh, coronavirus testing, wait in your car, we will call you. You have to make an appointment. Sure enough, at exactly 3.30 when my appointment was, I get a call from the nurse practitioner asking me several questions, verifying my identity, and she said, do you have your driver's license for ID? Yes, I do. We've already got your insurance information. Great. She said, what I want you to do is make sure your mask is on, and you will see just to the left of your car, there's some orange cones. Follow the orange cones about 20 feet. You'll see a door. Open that door. And as soon as you walk in on the left, you will see a private room. That is our testing room. Great. I walked in, and the woman was totally, the nurse practitioner, was completely in uh, protective gear. Had the shield, the mask, the gown, the gloves, everything. And she was surrounded by this giant plexiglass booth, a wood-framed uh, booth with plexiglass. And actually, when she went to hand me the swab, first what she does is she said, I want you to go ahead and sanitize your hands. They had hand sanitizer, no problem, did that. I used plenty of it. She said, great, now I'm gonna give you instructions. I'm going to hand you the swab, take the swab and just rub it for about five seconds uh, against your right nostril, go as far as you can, doesn't have to go all the way up your nose, just you know, about half an inch, whatever. Then she said, take it out, you're gonna do the same on your left and then I'm going to tell you to hold it, you press it, put the pressure against your inner nostril, we're gonna hold it for 15 seconds. Don't move it, just hold it, great. So she said, you can take your mask down, but keep the mask over your mouth. Great, no problem. She opens up, there's a little window. She hands me the swab, there's a little tube. I take the swab, I do the right nostril, I do the left nostril, she times the 15 seconds, I put it back in. She said, great, please stay in your car. I will call you with your results. If we need to repeat this, I will call you and you can come back in, so don't leave yet, no problem. 15 minutes later, she calls me. The results were in. Easy. From the time that I got, I, I walked in to take the test to the time I left uh, and, and got the results, less than 20 minutes, I tested negative. I kind of had a feeling I was negative, but it's good to know. But I'm still going to maintain social distancing, wear the mask, wash my hands, just use common, safe, standard procedures. What we need in this country are more of those Abbott Lab testing kits, those testing machines. They had two there. She said, I can do about four to six an hour. We need more of those. Six to 10 days is obscene. It is ridiculous. We should, the government should have an order for 18 gazillion of those Abbott Lab testing kit, those little, and it's, it's small. It's like literally the size, it's like half the size of an iPad in area, and it's maybe about five inches four or five inches high, very compact. You could put it in a briefcase, put it in a purse, no problem. We need more of those. We get more of those, much more effective. That's the same test that they use when you go see the president at the White House or if you go meet with other dignitaries. Now, the second thing I did was I wanted to get the antibody test to see, did I have the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus back in February? For that, I had to go to the lab. 
No problem. I went to LabCorp. They were easy. Five minutes from Command Center Alpha. Made an appointment. Ten minutes from the time you can wait in your car. Checked in. And uh, ten minutes later, she calls me. Great. I come back. They take your blood uh, right from your, uh, your arm. No problem. She said you'll have the results in two to three days. Great. Fantastic. I was in and out uh, from the time I checked in to the time I was out was maybe 15, 17 minutes. And on the portal, sure enough, I checked in every day. And uh, Thursday, the results came in. Did I have the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus in February when I was just run down and stricken with what I thought was, a well, I know it was a terrible upper respiratory infection, but could it have been the CCP Wuhan virus? The answer, negative. I tested negative. As I always say, think positive, test negative. I tested negative. I did not have it. I just had either a terrible upper respiratory infection or more likely I caught a strain of the flu that was not in the quad flu shot injection that I took. Remember, they start working on the flu injection on what the various strains they predict will be very active for the following flu season. They start working on that already in, I believe, May or June because they have to start putting those in the chicken eggs and that's how they they grow the vaccine or manufacture the vaccine. So the vaccine starts coming around in September, but they also make a synthetic vaccine, which I didn't realize. The synthetic vaccine, they wait till later because it takes, it's a much quicker process. So as my physician told me, wait for the synthetic vaccine, wait till mid to late October. That's when you want to take it because usually by August, September, they have an idea and they can change what components are in that flu vaccine. I never knew that. So there you go. So I tested negative. And I'll tell you something that's another negative that will never happen. And that is getting an Avo Classic cigar, Avo Classic Maduro cigar that you will not enjoy. It is a reintroduced cigar from Avo. Avo was the man behind Strangers in the Night, a great composer, one of the great personalities, not only in the cigar world, but in the music world as well. And Avo's first cigar was the Avo Classic. Nice, mild, mild to medium-bodied cigar that had a Connecticut shade wrapper, Dominican Republic binder, Dominican filler. Beautiful cigar. Well, Davidoff reintroduced the Avo Classic Maduro beginning of July with a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. And what do you get? Medium-bodied taste, creaminess, notes of cedar, mocha, tad bit of sweetness, just a delicious cigar, wonderful draw, just a lovely cigar any way you look at it. So if you want something that's going to go great with the tawny port that I have now, or that's going to go great with a single malt, or great with espresso, or even soda, the Avo Classic Maduro, reintroduced from Avo, a nice medium-bodied cigar. Change the tempo with the Avo Classic Maduro. DavidoffGeneva.com. All right, lastly, if you are not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, I would highly suggest, if you want to become a cigar connoisseur, you want to develop your palate, I would suggest you join the Officers Club. Every month you'll get three outstanding cigars, premium cigars, shipped to you in a Cigar Dave Officers Club pouch. Various brands, we have various flavor profiles. For August, as I mentioned, we've got the A.J. Fernandez uh, uh, New World Cameroon. That is a very unique cigar with a very prized 
sought-after Cameroon rapper. Very tough to get. Tough to grow. Tough to get out of Cameroon. Beautiful rapper. Got great cigars that come to you every month. $22.95 per month. The membership is monthly. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, sign up, and you will get great cigars shipped directly to you. And I ask you to also make sure that you subscribe to Bold Alpha. You clearly found our podcast on one of the podcast aggregators. Make sure you subscribe. And also, if you want to become a cigar connoisseur and get more information about cigars, go to our brother podcast, The Cigar Dave Show. Just do a search for Cigar Dave. Subscribe every day. We have the Cigar Dave International Litation Ceremony where I light and enjoy a different cigar. We tell you about that cigar. And then throughout the week, we sprinkle it with some Cigar Dave podcasts specific to cigar-related news, guests, interviews, and anything in the world of cigars you will find out about at The Cigar Dave podcast. All right. That is it for our commentary for today. Alpha male lifestyle maneuvers. By the way, one other thing on Thursday, was it Wednesday or Thursday? It was national chicken wing day. As far as I'm concerned, every day is national chicken wing day being from Buffalo native of Buffalo where the Buffalo chicken wing was discovered by Teresa Bellissimo of Frank and Teresa's anchor bar on main street in February of 1964. You can't go wrong. Chicken wings Whether you grill them, you fry them, you barbecue them, you bake them, you can't go wrong with chicken wings. But do me a favor, don't bread your chicken wings. That's not how the real, authentic Teresa, Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar chicken wing was made. But whatever way you enjoy your chicken wing, it's a great discovery, one of the great delicacies of the world. Alpha Dave, the general, alpha male in chief. Don't forget, subscribe to Bold Alpha, subscribe to Cigar Dave. We'll catch you later.